Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action 4 News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Combat Number 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. And we have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Uh, and always remember, gang, as the great Tulzidi Caravanair Ludwig Mies van der Rohe always said, uh, I don't want to be interesting. I want to be the chaos bringer and drive the more competitive players at the table mad with my borderline misplays. <laughs> so pretty insane how he would how he would know that. Uh, Those uh, wager to guess Dutch crazy Dutchman a la Thais drink. <laughs> Sweet McGee getting caught up on meta traffic with the weatherlight report. Oh, I'm bringing you the beat on the street. Then we have the head of CMD Tower himself. <laughs> the Ravnica election results have cast a reparation on his emotions. <laughs> Pretty good. Thank you for tuning in to your number six source of Magic the Gathering news. That's what we're going to be hearing next year, boys. Some I'm not sure hops. if that sounds like what you want it to sound like. Oh, it will. It will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, goodness. we're going to start off the top of the cast and ladies and carnage that ensued with 45. <laughs> so once again, uh, Mr. Combo did not take good notes. It took not even cliff notes. Take they were we just were what, notes, what notes do you need to take? You just remember the people that you played against. That's it. No, it was taking, almost a week ago. He's taking the rum and the root beer nuts, you know? Oh, sure. But see, I always, I always the talk about what the first is it, or rum, second game. Rum it's the rum diaries. Yeah. You're just, oh, oh, the rum diaries. Wow. That's yeah. Good. Nailed it. So the, the game, though, that was just very interesting and fun was a game that I was playing Feather because... It's a deck I definitely do not play. Come, hint, hint, it will come, be coming on an alternate to, universe. Coming to an alternate universe podcast near you. <laughs> um, and then I was playing with Sir Nathan, uh, good old Spencer Rabbits, which, shout out, uh, he finally has his rabbit legend, which he was yes. ecstatic for, Woo. even though it was very underwhelming. Yes. Very underwhelming. Couldn't, couldn't, agree, couldn't agree more. Uh, and then, of course... Uh, Spoiler alert for the alternate universe that's going to come out on Friday. We got a new patron, Hamburger Woo! Demon Poop, finally joined the collective. Whoa, there you go. Really? Mr. Demon yeah, Poop yeah. himself. Love it. Mr. Demon Poop. I think he just did it to troll Spencer, but we'll see. Wait, wasn't he, <laughs> uh, on, wasn't he on the Discord? No, just in the, the Battlegrounds. Just the in the quarantine Battlegrounds. Because oh, that's open to it. anybody. Yeah. And so uh, all the decks did exactly what they wanted to do, which was very exciting. I made the mistake of casting a Teferi's Protection on like turn five. Oh no. With really, with really no board state. That's I just did it because Spencer was playing four color Omnath and he kept doing the double landfall or the triple landfall and we kept taking damage and losing life. And I was like, you know what? Screw that. I'm out of here. Y'all can deal with it. Um, <laughs> I wish I would have saved it because it would have saved me later in the game. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I did uh, get to kill Spencer with feather commander damage. Ooh, so that felt pretty nice. Very good. And then uh, I died to Nathan in ways that I cannot recall or remember. But that's just par for the course. <laughs> it's, it's been blocked out of my memory. <laughs> Squee McGee, any games you want to talk about? No, I've been stress drinking and watching election coverage for about what seems like my entire life. And maybe doing it for the rest of my life. Who knows? We, we may find out by December or January or 2022 or whatever. But, you know, that's, uh, that's been my week. It's not been great. I have not enjoyed any second of it. But uh, 
Here we are. Yeah, my fiance brought up something interesting. Apparently, if the president during the inauguration is not in the country, they actually cannot complete the inauguration and bring in the new president under oath. And so she was like, what if what if our current president just runs off to Mexico or something? And it's like, what? He's just never going to come back. He has such so a good relationship with Mexico. Too. This is this. It's dumb. It's a waste of energy. <laughs> and I even I get sucked into it because I see it in the gym and I'm like, oh, like breaking news, 24 seven news cycle. It's a fucking nightmare. I hate it. It is a nightmare. It is a nightmare. Anyways, that's Squeeze Breeze for the week. Well, Big Tuck, why don't you talk about an interesting game that you streamed, which was also a nightmare because you almost had it. I, oh, yeah, man. I did. And uh, I almost so, had you. I yeah, almost had so, you. So, uh, two, two quick thing. I got to get in some IRL games with uh, Mancy, Marketing Ross, and Corey, a.k.a. Roy. And believe it or not, I actually pulled out a win with the Curses deck. And would you wow, like to know how? Look at you. By cursing people? I cast a turn four Elspeth, and that won me the game. (laughs) That was pretty much it. No one could do anything about it for turns after turns. Um, Sounds about right. uh, I got to to stream live for my first time ever on uh, Tuesday, and shockingly, I don't think I made a single misplay, which is kind of amazing. I do not believe you did. And uh, I want to give a quick shout out to Mr. Combo and Squee McGee for giving me all the support, aka actively trying to kill me and discourage hey, me throughout hey, the entirety look, of the game. Look here, I gave you two treasure tokens throughout the you game. You did. You did give me some treasure tokens, which helped and me. Then, so I. And then I tried to kill you. Okay, that's fair. yeah. So, uh, but no, it was it was actually it ended up being really fun. Um, I played my Queen Mar Chase deck, which actually pretty much went off without a hitch. Um, it did exactly what I wanted to. I did a lot of deals of like, okay, you can come and. You, Come down to Papa, right, for a life or two, get the monarch, and then other people uh-huh. would gang up on them to get the monarch to draw a card. It was perfect. And oh, by uh, the way, for those playing the home game, this was that special um, Twitch format that Mr. Bevers runs where you can spend yes. your points and affect the game. So you could like give somebody a token or have them draw a card right. or deal a damage or something like that. Yeah, so um, it was really fun, and that deck just kind of, it doesn't really have like a, a real clear path to victory, but I made it down, and it was like a difference of three life points, I think, between yep. me losing or winning. Uh, also, I hate the Great Henge, and I hope it spikes to $400. <laughs> uh, I hope it becomes more expensive than Mana Crypt. Uh, but yeah, so that's I did get to play a fair amount, which I will not be able to probably for the next two weeks. I'm still so upset that dice roll didn't work, so Tuck was at one life at the end of the game, and I had enough Twitch points to deal one damage randomly to a player. There's only two people left. It was a roll of dice. I think Tuck went evens, Bevers went odds, and ended up doing one damage to Bevers when I thought I had a real good shot at taking you out. But They tried to, they tried to get me over and over and over with that, and it didn't work one time. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. is I was watching on my phone while my uh, fiance was watching a cooking show, because uh, that's what she kind of does to wind down, and I couldn't figure out how to spend my Twitch points watching Twitch on my phone. <laughs> oh, that's right, because weren't you going to do like, five damage or something? Yep, I was going to kill you, you SOB, and you lucked out because I'm 100 years old and I don't know how to use technology. I like, like I said, fr- with friends like this, then, <laughs> just shocking how I don't win these sort of things. <laughs> well, that's going to cover 40 Life of a Dash. Now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse. What's the plane chase? 
so we actually got a new idea. Um, we're, we're piloting it today. We're going to test it out. Um, as you guys have probably seen on our channel, we're, we're testing out a lot of new stuff. You know, the deer squeeze thing's been going on for about a month, month and a half. Uh, the squeeze pack crack is kind of coming to life. We, you know, we have the preliminary episode out on YouTube. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to be looking to just try to dabble. You know, we've been doing this a little over a year and just try to freshen things up. And uh, when Big Tuck was uh, out of the office in Russia, apparently, uh, we did have G3 <laughs> from MTG Lexicon come on uh, a alternate universe podcast called Brews and yes. Builds and talk about his lands uh, animated lands deck uh, for weird mechanic month. Great episode. Go check it out and go check out MTG Lexicon. Those guys are great. Big Tuck, if you think you enjoyed playing with Mr. Bevers, just wait till you stream with Lexicon because it's all the drinking. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I, I'm uh, looking forward to it. So uh, one of the things, though, at the wrap up, G3 was like, look, this was great deck therapy. And mm -hmm. Squee, of course, jumped on that grenade and said, ha, can we have it? It's Dips. ours. We want it. And when we were doing 40 Life at the Dash this last weekend, um, Sir Nathan had reached out to me a couple times over the last couple weeks, been like, hey, you know, I, I kind of want to pick your brain on a deck, just get some thoughts and feelings. And I kept being like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, whatever. Like, send me over uh, what, what you got. Um, and we had a little bit of time before Hamburg Demon Poop and Spencer got on. So we kind of talked about it. And it was his Trostini Silencia Populate deck. Um, and so I said, hey, you know what? Shoot me over your list. I'll take a look at it, you know, when I can. I, I did play it at the end of the night, and it did great. Um, you know, all of Nathan's decks, I feel, do pretty damn great. They sure do. Um, but I, I started to look at the list, and I started to get ideas. And I was like, oh, man, this would be cool to have on a bruising build. And I was like, you know what? Uh, we, we already kind of have this patron goal of 50 patrons to get people right. on bruising builds. And, I, and we want to stick to that because it was 100. And then we realized <laughs> we're not that popular. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. So we reduced it in half. And I can't reduce it again uh, because that's just the principle. Because the, the, it will immediately happen. <laughs> yes. Um, so... He, I was like, well, deck therapy. That's kind of what Nathan needs right now. Uh, he doesn't necessarily need us to talk about every card in the deck and, you know, oh, how does it fit in grains, hop, and yeast. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people just want someone to look at a deck and give me some recommendations. Mm -hmm. So I, I put I put some pen to paper. I'm lying. I put fingers to keyboard strokes. Um, and I we've we basically come up with a three-tier system that we potentially will be doing for patrons in the future. We just want to see how this works out at first. And I, so we I got, will give you credit before we get into this. I think this is a great idea. And just the people who have messed, who have also like talked about in person or on Twitter, right? Who have like talked about, it'd be really fun to hear this. And I just think this is a perfect, perfect venue for this. So I am, I am a hundred, 110% on, on this guy. <laughs> awesome. So what we're going to do guys, just cause this is the, uh, pilot episode of deck therapy is just explain exactly what we're going to do and what the tiers mean just so you guys understand. So what we're going to do is just read off who the commander is and then Nathan has just given us a sentence or two of what his deck is trying to accomplish. 
This session will not be us going through, well, he has this card in the deck and this card in the deck, and ooh, this card's actually not that great. We should cut that. Nope, we're not doing that. We're purely just looking at it and saying, okay, 10,000 foot overview. Here's what his deck has. Here's what he's trying to accomplish. Here are some tiers of cards that we would recommend you put in the deck. And here's what those tiers are. Tier one, you gotta get this in ASAP. It, you know, and, and oh, sorry, Big Tuck, I should say this. Because something's in tier one doesn't mean it has to be a budget card, yes, OB. <laughs> Just saying it. Uh, so tier one are cards that slam dunk. You don't have them. You should get them in the deck ASAP. May not be in the budget, and that's probably why you don't have it. But whatever, we're putting in that category. Tier two is you should add this in the very near future. And by near future, let's just say six months, you know, something like that. And then tier three are the would be cools to add, but it's really no biggie if you don't have it in the deck. Right. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We There is no set amount of cards we're going to talk about. It's just kind of go through your tiers. Some cards may get a lot of talking about. Some cards may hardly get any. Um, so what I'll do is I'll kick this off with one that is not in the... Oh, so I guess first thing we got to do, Trustini, Silencia's voice. Big Tuck, why don't you read what Trustini does? Don't mind if I do. So two colorless, or I'm sorry, two green, two white for a 2-5 legendary creature dryad. It's a mythic coming in for just under a dollar with a recent reprint in the last couple of years. Whenever another creature enters a battlefield under your control, you gain life equal to that creature's toughness. Um, which is great. And then colorless, uh, colorless, green, white, and tap it, and then you populate. So big thing with populate, guys, just in case you don't know how this mechanic work, works, create a token that's a copy of a creature token you control. So you do, you do have to make a copy of a token, which I think kind of lends to some of the more non-streamlined card choices that people would bring up in a deck like this. No, 100%. Um, and Squee, what is, so what's Nathan's strategy for this deck? <clears throat> and I quote, I'm trying to make big tokens and gain big life. That's sounds, it. Sounds about yes. right. Pretty wait. straightforward. That's <laughs> okay, what Felicia does. Let's do this thing. All right. Well, uh, now that we know the strategy, I'll kind of, you know, start this off with... Uh, a tier one card, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail about it, but obviously when you're making tokens, you want to make as many as you can. And with Trustini, you get those ETB life game triggers. Yep. So you, you got to put a doubling season at some point oh, yeah, for in, sure. in the deck. For sure. um, it, it, Talk about yeah, $60 whatever. out of your pocket, but like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah but like, here's the thing. He already has Anointed Procession of Parallel Lives. Why would you not put it? And it's only $36. Thank you very much. I know. I'm practically, oh, practically wow. giving it away now. Wow. I might have to slide uh, but, on that one. But, you know, it's 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 the boring one, but it's obvious yeah. you, you should definitely get sure. it in there. But here is an exciting one. I do think you'll you'll want to add in. And, and it's a fairly budget card. Uh, it's coming in at a dollar sixty two idol of oblivion. Ooh, um, it's two colorless yeah. artifact tap draw a card activate this ability only if you created a token this turn so one of the things you know Nathan that I have seen with your trust any deck and just I think green and white are somewhat plagued with when <laughs> green's paired with white I guess is how it should be that <laughs> um, you don't get to draw a lot of cards and yeah. so I think your deck is probably not doing what it wants to do if you're not making a token every single turn yep. so this is just drawing you free cards yep. I run this in my yep. Garrett populate deck and it's gamebusters I think it came with it, right? Yeah. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Um, but here's the better thing about it, Nathan. Eight colorless tap, sack, idol of oblivion, create a 10-10 Eldrazi creature token. 
So you're going to pay eight beefy tap, you're going to gain ten life, get a ten ten, and then for an additional three mana, you can populate it, get another ten ten yeah. for another ten life. I, I think for two mana, this card's doing a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. This card's great. I have I have ran this in and out of Reese, just depending. Reese is not really a go-tall token kind of deck, but like yeah. it, this card just fits really well in there, because as you mentioned, draw cards is kind of hard in, in green and white to have a bunch of draw card effects. Um I also really like that it's only two to plop on the board. So yeah. it's not one of those things when you get it in your first hand, you're like, well, this is going to be dead for six, seven, eight turns until something happens. Um, you can mm-hmm. plop this out, play a, a little token generator or something that puts something on the board and draw your cards early. Uh, yeah, this is this is slam dunk in here. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, and the only thing I'll add is that he does have the other, he does have a few other things that just make tokens every turn, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's through populate or whether it's through just being a token generator. So awesome. And a buck, $2, well worth the price yeah. to buy it and just try it out. Uh, so Squee, what is your first tier one card that he needs to get in the deck ASAP? Okay, so um, I only picked one for each of these categories here, but I think they're all pretty fitting to, to the categories and what you're trying to do in here. So... The one that I think you really need to get into, and if I remember right, it's running at like eight or ten bucks now, so it's not too bad. But Elsh Norn Grand Cenobite, uh, gotta have it, got to have it. I'm, if you make I'm, really, big I'm tokens, really glad both you guys really dug deep into the magic lore <laughs> and really looked deep into the co- the co- the coffers of cards. Island Oblivion is great. Yeah, don't die okay, here. No, I'm saying what the, the, the first, first choice, the first choice for tier one is man. bangers. Everybody knows what the bangers are. You, you put the banger in; it's necessary. You really did your homework here, Squee. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Anyways, for those playing the home game, uh, besides Tux hate over there for all of our cards, uh, it's a legendary creature, Praetor. It's a mythic, and it has vigilance. Other creatures you control get plus two, plus two creatures your opponents control get minus two, minus two. Better part of this card and why it actually fits in this deck, so suck it, big tuck. It's a 4 7. It's got a big butt. When it comes in, you gain 7 life. Deal with that. This card's awesome. It's going to make your tokens bigger and it's going to help control everybody else's board states. And to squeeze point, and I don't like agreeing with him because I don't think Elishnorn's <laughs> a good pick. But to his point, uh, the plus two plus two is a state based effect. Right. So, Nathan, when the tokens come in, they'll automatically have that bigger butt. So, technically, Elishnorn is gaining you two additional life mm-hmm. for every token that comes in on top of whatever that token's already giving you. Well, that I get it. Like if I, everybody thinks it's pretty damn good. If I could borrow, if I could borrow a gift from Mr. Combo. <laughs> and if you guys couldn't see on camera, Tuck was imitating baking a cake. Uh, so Big Tuck, you are, what you is your tier one card? All right. Uh, so I, uh, this one I guess isn't as quite. It's not quite as basic as yours two's, but it is a great card in the stack. Um, you call me basic? How, back how in the rude. day, back when I used to watch a lot of content on the YouTubes for Magic. Um, MTG Mudsta had a deck like this that was insane. And this was one of the best cards in the deck, um, especially if you can make some copies of it. So I think you should slam immediately Uvenwald Hydra. Four colorless green green for a star star reach. Power and toughness are equal to the number of lands you control. Then when it enters the battlefield, you may search the library for a land card, put it on the battlefield tap, and then shuffle your library. So since you're playing green and in one of these decks where you need a ton of mana, you're going to have a ton of land out when you get this. Then when it comes down, if you're still looking for tokens to go make, there are some pretty juicy to- pretty juicy targets for lands outside of just ramping yourself ahead. Um, looking at you, Grove of the Guardian, 
uh, tap for a colorless, three colorless, green, white, tap, tap two untapped creatures you control and sack it, creating eight, eight green and white elemental creature token of vigilance. Um, there's one in here like Gargoyle Castle if you need to. Most of all, Castle. Most of all, it's got to come down. It's got a huge caboose. Um, and also, if you can start making copies of it, then populating those. Just a way to fire through your mana. I think also underestimated on this is it, it does like, I, okay, so I don't know if I 100% agree on this as a tier one pick, but uh, it is good in this deck if you ask me. I do like that it has reach though, because yeah. flying is something that, as we've talked about in the last month or two, really under the radar, I think, for a lot of EDH players on how goddamn good having a bunch of flyers is. Everybody asked, do you have any flyers? Do you, can you block any flying? And everybody goes, oh, well, no. And they go, all right, well, I'm just going to swing out and kill whoever the hell I want this to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, having reach with the big caboose will be very helpful um i do also like that you go get a land that's that's yeah. as you were saying like Any there land. are some good value lands in there that you can dump on the board i think it's a little bit expensive at six mana to put in but overall not terrible you know well so i guess here's the and this is not the session because we're not going to get into that but to Tuck's point, if you did consider this a tier one play, you would have to alter your deck a little bit more to do more copy of creatures. Mm -hmm, you right. only have really two in the deck right now in Mimic Fat and Helm of the Host. I right. don't see another one that just makes a copy of a creature. So I guess if you put more of those types of effects in there, which actually kind of gets into my last tier one pick, um, then I think that would be fine. But I think at this juncture, that's probably more tier three I'm a, I'm unless a we change i'm a fringe two or three yeah. on this card well we'll, we'll but, see about that <laughs> but my last tier one card actually makes this a tier one pick uh soul foundry you got to get a soul mm -hmm. foundry in here nathan uh it's four colorless it's an artifact it has imprint when soul foundry etbs you may exile a creature card from your hand and then you pay x tap create a token that's a copy of the exiled card x is the Ooh. converted mana cost of that card and this card's only 20 cents yeah yeah that's phenomenal that's really really good so I, I look at this card and a lot and you've done a good job with your deck to where you have a lot of cards in here where it's like when it enters the battlefield like right. create this you know exactly. token right. enters the battlefield do this this is gonna just pump that out even further but then on top of that if you do cards like the Ulvenwald Hydra, yeah, you're paying six, but okay, I can pay six each turn, make a whatever, whatever, gain whatever life, and get a land. And you can stack those triggers where you get the land first, then check to um, on the toughness life gain. Exactly. So it's always going to be one higher. Uh, then you populate it and do it again. <laughs> yep. It just gets filthy very, right. very fast. Yeah, these types of cards are a lot of fun because one... It's almost different every single game because you never have the same hand. So you always get to make a new token and then you get to have a lot of fun beefing up that token and putting a ton of them on the board. Usually they're cards mm -hmm. that you probably never would have thought about. Think about like, well, I guess you couldn't really do it with Elshnorn. That's a bummer. But um, <laughs> but like some of those cards where, yeah, you, you're bringing them out. They have the ETBs, all that stuff. It, it really, really ramps your deck up. And it's something that... This card, I really don't think that the board's going to notice you put it out until you actually use it. People right. are going to kind of look at it and be like, well, you know, it's just an artifact. I'm not really scared of it. And then you plop something on the board that's like a 10-10 or an 8-8, and then you make a bunch of copies of it. It has ETBs. Yeah, this is real good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Agreed. Well, Squee, why don't you kick off our Tier 2 with uh, your pick? Okay, so Tier 2, I think this card is a really good fit in this deck. I run it in a couple of my decks, actually. Um, so I'm talking about Divine Visitation. 
So this one is three colorless, two white enchantment. It's a mythic. If one or more creature tokens would be created under your control, that many four, four oh, white right. angel creature tokens with flying and vigilance are created instead. So the reason that I chose this, and I know this is why it's tier two. If this had a bigger butt, this would be a tier one slam dunk. Got to have it in there. Absolutely. I think tier two on this, because you're going to have situations where you can make little tokens. Like you have a couple cards in here that make three threes, two twos, stuff like that. This is going to turn those into four four flying vigilance beaters and as we talked about having flying tokens especially with vigilance that allow you to swing through all the time have your blockers when the people come back at you um i don't think this is a hundred percent of a slam dunk in this deck that's why i put it in a tier two but i think it would be really damn efficient because it can take even if you go and downgrade say you downgrade from uh i can't remember the name of the card off the top of my head but it creates a five five worm token Mm-hmm. Uh, I would much worm. rather, yeah, I would much rather have that token turn into a four-four white flying vigilance than I would have a five-five trample Ooh. on the ground. But Squee, that pick though, because I was just going through his creatures, you're going to neuter about half to seventy percent of the deck mm-hmm. into four-four angels. Like he's going to lose his white horses that are five-fives and indestructible. He'll lose his desolation mm-hmm. twins. Uh, he's going to lose um, his stuff with. I mean, I get it. Trample flying, you can kind of take either or. But a big one is like Phyrexian processor. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's not going to do anything. Um, um, and so I I think that's where. I, I don't agree, know. I agree I, with I, you. It will neuter some cards, but I don't think it actually, like, to the definition of neutering, like, I don't think it actually would set you back at all. So, I know you're not going to gain quite as much life, but these tokens, these flying 4-4 Vigilance tokens are so devastating on a board state when you can populate and make a bunch of them. Trust me, I do it in Reese all the time, and I know that's a different scenario because I'm making one Yeah, because Reese, you're making 1-1s one right, into 4-4s. Right, four right, right, that's right. great. But so again, I think like, there's... Like a 10 10 that's on the ground that doesn't have trample or any effect, I'd still take a 4 4 flying vigilance over that personally. So I think there's kind of two builds. I kind of feel like there's two builds in this, the way to do this, right? So one is you really focus more on the smaller creatures and then effects like this that give them pumps and you're kind of doing the more go wide mm-hmm. versus the my, the, and if you don't mind, this kind of segues nicely into my second pick. If I'm, if I'm Let's aiming. Um, so I prefer if I'm playing Tristani to go like play it more like a go. What do we call it? Go tall, ball. fluffy. Is that fluffy. what we call it? Gear? Wait, fluffy, fluffy's middle, like right. power four to six. Yeah. Right. Tall's like seven or bigger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're going fluffy, right? So I think if you're going to go that route and play these creatures that have, that are monster creatures that have really good damage or ETBs, I think blade of selves is the way to go. So, uh, for those who don't know, Blade of Cells is two colorless artifact equipment. Uh, It's a rare for $14. Should very well be a mythic. Um, Equipped creature has Myriad. Whenever it attacks for each opponent other than the defending player, you may create a token that's a copy of that creature that's tapped in attacking that player or Planeswalker they control. Exile the tokens at the end of combat and equip four. So, in this build, in in this one with like Helm of the Host, um, this card, and there's some other things that are floating around in here to do this. You're you're trying to you're trying to force to create tokens of bigger creatures and then populate sure. those, gain a bunch of life and go that way. And I think that's the way that I've seen that's the way I've seen Mudsta's deck play a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's kind of more that go fluffy, go like fewer creatures that are much bigger than a bunch of smaller creatures that you have to like play around to to, to fight. Um, and that sort of thing. So in my opinion, I think Blade of Selves is, is a really strong pick in this. 
I, in my opinion, that should have been your tier one in hindsight, Blade of Selves is actually the one because it's been like, you can play Unwall Hydra in this deck, you just have to play it differently, whereas Blade of Selves goes in no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, I like it, though, because I kind of talked about how he has those ETB mm-hmm. uh, make some yep. stuff, and so it's like, okay, make a copy of Armada Worm. It comes, okay, so you're going to make two, maybe three copies of it. That's 15 life. And then it's going to make th- uh, the three ETB effects. Right. That's another 15 life. That's 30 life in just attacking. Exactly. Uh, um, and that, then that's phenomenal. Another card to look out for is... Uh, perennially cut card on our alternate universe, like a card like Giant Ataphage, all of a sudden you get a gazillion of them. Hey, I have had some great success with Giant Ataphage, not even in a token deck. It's just so scary if you can get it late game, when after, right after a board wipe or something, you plop that thing down. It's a I mean, it's better than Rapaging Bayloths. Which also is in the stack for some reason, but here we are. Anyways, I'm done talking... All right, so I got a honorable mention for tier two. Um, it's it's just a great card considering it's like a sixteen to twenty dollar card, mm-hmm. but I do think it has a place in this deck because of the fact that you're generating tokens. You should get a worm coil engine in at mm-hmm. some point. It, it's yeah. not a you got to do it today, but any deck that deals with tokens, you want to get one in. So if you're not familiar, six colorless artifact creature worm mythic. This is a mythic for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's a six six with death touch and life lifelink, and basically when it dies, it splits off into two different worms a 3-3 with lifelink and a 3-3 with death touch so you know we've talked about how you can there's a little bit in here of you making tokens of your actual creatures but then if you just play worm coil engine like worm coil engine well now you get 3-3 death touch and lifelinks and it's always good to be able to now you're gaining extra life because now when it blocks or attacks but then having a death touch that you could just constantly make copies of that's pretty good defense yeah that's a nice Uh, wall that you build the the one i really want to talk about is intangible virtue i think this is a deck you should get in very very soon it's only 20 cents it's a colorless and a white it's an enchantment creature tokens you control get plus one plus one in vigilance and that's it yeah um it's it's a simple simple card once again state-based effect so your etb gain life goes up by one and you know you're not at the point, even though I've seen this deck and you don't usually hang tight uh, or sitting tight, whatever we're calling <laughs> hang it. Tight, um, hang, hang tight, rude. Hang tight, Sitting tight, baby. Uh, but now you even have more incentive. Well, I guess I might as well just swing with everything. Yeah, and, and, and again, this I card's not going to get targeted blockers. by anybody. It's really cheap to get onto the board at two mana. And then... Uh, Kind of like flying to me. This has been coming around in the last six months of just watching people's decks win and seeing the importance of it. Vigilance to me is pretty underrated. Mm. It's such a strong ability to have on the board because it allows you to swing at somebody that's open, do your damage, and have no repercussions of having your board state open. Like you can still block, as we talked about, you have big, beefy creatures in this thing. So you're going to have stuff that people are going to be scared to swing through. And the only time they normally would be able to swing through is if they can either fly over you have unblockable and or they have a bunch of really big creatures either way, but they're going to be waiting for you to swing out. So this vigilance massive in this, you can also use it for, you know, second main phase. If you have any creatures that tap with abilities, you can swing through with them, do damage and then tap them down for their abilities, stuff like that. I think this card's a banger. Which is weird because it's clear that he took this apart from, if you look at the cards that are in here, it's just the gear and precon, all the green white cards out of that one. And that's in there. Huh. I, I, 
I don't think he bought the gear in precon. I could be wrong. Well, I mean, like I know, if, I, I know, I knew he bought the Angie precon. If, if you go, if you scroll through the cards in here, a lot of them are from that gear in precon, <laughs> like a bunch. Oh, interesting. So, anyways, what do I know? All right. Well, now we're on to tier three. These are just cards that we think fit your theme, but are kind of fun. No urgency, uh, no delay either. Big right. Tuck, this seems like your wheelhouse. Why don't you start us off? So again, if we're going back to the go fluffy thing, there's like this deck's gonna really have a hard time coming back from like a big board wipe or like a big destruction spell, right? Especially if they get one of your bigger creatures. Um, so it's expensive, but this card can do a lot of work. Um, the one that if we want to go the the um, copies of the bigger creatures, I'm going to recommend you put in God's Pharaoh's, God Pharaoh's Gift. So seven colorless oh. for an artifact. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you may exile a creature card from your graveyard. If you do, create a token that's a copy of that card, except it's a 4-4 black zombie with haste. So you'll get the end of the battlefield trigger, and then you'll also get any attack trigger, that sort of thing. Um, obviously, there's the down... And then you also have a token to populate. Obviously, there's the downside of you have to exile it, and if they blow up that token, you're kind of SOL. Um, right. So kind of, a, kind of a more risky play, but again, if you're running stuff in bigger creatures and figure out ways to come back from a board wipe, figure out ways to come back and make them into tokens, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I think this would be a, a pretty easy inclusion. In. This is interesting too because say that your commander gets blown up a couple times and you're paying 8, 10 mana to get it back out. You can dump her to the graveyard, use this card to bring back a copy of it onto the board for dirt cheap. Late. I think, and yeah. then that sweet 4, four Tristani damage <laughs> in, the command, in the command zone. So I think, uh, and I, we do need to clarify because Big Tuck didn't say it. He said expensive. It was just expensive CMC. It's a fifty cent. Yeah, oh yes, so it yes, is not expensive true. dollars. You can, you, can get the, you can get the promo version for buck seventy. No, it just costs seven. <laughs> great yeah, no, I think, that, I think that I think that's a fine one. And honestly, looking through the deck, I don't see a whole lot of graveyard recursion. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that's a big deal at all. The biggest thing, though, is with how they've changed the commander rules with, like, death triggers, does it also change the exile triggers? Because remember before, if you chose to put it in exile with something like Mimic Vat, and Mimic Vat got blew up, you didn't have your commander for the rest of the game. Remember, Marketing Ross got yeah, burned with that. Right. Yes, indeed. Right. No, so I think in this one, it does matter. It, it's whenever it changes zone. So if it goes from your graveyard okay. to exile, then you can put it there as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the only, and then real quick, I have one more fast one that this is like more for lols, but we can get, if, you are, if you're wanting to make something that's a little more. Alter of the Brood. Uh, yeah. no, but you can no. put in, uh, you can make it jello time and put in your gelatinous genesis and just gelatinous do it the old fashioned genesis. way. So two XX and a green for a sorcery, create XXX green ooze creature tokens. Just like that. <laughs> A bunch of it's alliteration. You gain, a you, you, gain, you gain a gazillion life, uh, gazillion green ooze creature tokens. So that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> and you get to mess with Big Tuck's English lexicon. Woo! It's a it's one of the it's best a things out there. Delicious. So, regular. Um, for my tier threes, um, I, got, I got one boring one, but just Nathan, I've seen this deck played enough to where when people just mess with you, your deck's kind of expensive. I mean, it is sitting at a four, two, three average yep. CMC yep. to even a, a squeeze point earlier. Uh, Trasani goes from four to six to eight to 10 to 12. It gets very expensive. So you should really put a smothering tithe in the Ooh. deck at some point. Okay, sure. Boo. <laughs> Boo. Get, get out of here. It works. Um, it works. Get out of here, gelatinous ooze. Crap card, a double X. Genesis. It's incredible. Genesis. Just think of the value. Um, 
<laughs> so the card I actually think you should get in the deck uh, at some point in the future is Miri Weatherlight Duelist. Oh god! I think this is a very god. good card for this deck. So I'm gonna get to play this card Silencia. one day. This has been in my now we're, deck now we're talking. Years. Now we're talking, Mister Combo. Now we're talking. <laughs> Legendary creature, Cat Warrior. It's a mythic, sitting between sixteen and eighteen dollars. It's a three-two wow, with first really? strike. Sixteen dollars. Wow. But the big thing with it is whenever Miri attacks, each opponent can't block with more than one creature yep. this combat. Yep. Uh, and we've talked about how big of the tokens that you make. So a lot of times you'll just win the game or sorry, you'll just eliminate an opponent that turn. Oh, yeah, it's very feasible. It, you can swing for 20, 30, 35 damage in this deck with no problem. And then the nice thing about it is your retaliation coming back. As long as Miri is tapped, no more than one creature can attack you each combat. Yep. So you swing in, you kill one person, and then it goes to your other opponent's turns. They're going to be like, ah, Sir Nathan's so scary. He's so scary right now. <laughs> oh, so scary. But we, can do no we can't do nothing about it unless we target remove Miri, which yep. if they could do that, they probably would have done that on your other stuff that's big and scary. <laughs> yep. So I, th I think this is a late game card for only three mana that is gangbusters. Yep, I yes, do like I it. Agree. I really wish... I. I I've had this in my Reese deck for years. Years. I've played it one time, and Mr. Combo blew it up immediately. That's it. <laughs> but it's going to work for me. It's such a good card. It's so I mean, game-changing when it hits the board. Why the hell would I leave this thing alive? <laughs> it is so game-changing. You're the, you're the one that told me to no, put it in the deck, no, and then you didn't no. even want to see me use it. I don't Damn. know if you can believe this, Squee, but we can see a card that's good when we see it into the battlefield. So... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Squee, take us home. What is your tier three pick? Okay, and I might actually bump this to tier two after the fact, whatever, shemantics, don't care. Um, so as Mr. Combo alluded to, your mana curve is at a, a four, two, three, which is a pretty big woof. Um, <laughs> so you're going to need a lot of mana in this thing. And I think you're going to need more mana than you can just rely on single lands to do it. Uh, slam dunk in almost any token deck. I think you need a Cryptolithe right in here. It's a two-costed oh, yeah. enchantment. Creatures you control have tap. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Uh, two, Trostani is two pips of white and two pips of green. Not always the easiest thing to get if you don't have a good draw. This mana fixes your stuff. You're popping out tokens. You're going to have population, stuff like that. You have a lot of cards that are really expensive. This is going to take you, say you get this out, turn two or three, get a couple of tokens out. Then you can play your seven, eight, nine costed stuff really quickly and get ahead of the curve on this card. I think this is great in any creature deck or in any token uh, deck, but in this deck with the CMC being so high, I think you need this. Mr. Combo, Mr. No, Combo got question marks. Not a good card. Oh, you're so it's wrong. Good, you're so no, wrong. I'm right. It's a good card in go wide decks. It's a terrible card in every other deck. Because your argument then would be, well, you should just put this in every deck. No. It goes great in go wide. It goes great in things where you have eight, nine, 10, 12 tokens mm -hmm. in a deck where he's going to have at most five. The only time he ever gets more is when he plays that stupid ass Tristani summoner mm -hmm. for seven <laughs> mana and it makes three, but he also paid seven mana for it. So it's clearly not a mana issue at that point in the game. See, I think you're missing the ramp on this thing, man. Even if you get your commander out, you get a couple weenies or, or medium-sized creatures out, then you can pay. You're going to get a two or three mana boost every turn off of that, just on the creatures without any tokens on the board. Then you start popping. Well, then he, you he might as well just play there. Palace Siege. Isn't that the one that gives you two green uh, during each main phase? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be fine. That seems better. 
I, this is going to be better than that. I think you're wrong. I think you're dead wrong on this card. This card's a banger in this deck. Telk, what do you think? Uh, well, I'm going to pull this out of my pocket. I don't think this card's worth $7. <laughs> That's fine. But this card, I, I think you're absolutely wrong. This is going to get you two, three turns ahead in the game to get your big stuff out because you're going to be running behind because you have very expensive stuff in this deck. So if you get two, three turns behind, you're going to get spot removed or everything that you put out on the board is going to get taken care of unless you can do it before they have an answer for it and you have to populate and ramp i run into this in, in my token deck as well you have to get stuff out your token you deck have. is different i it's know not it's the different same. i know it's different but you're missing the and, point and of this thing i think my, no, I think not, my your, your your argument's invalid because you're saying that he's going to be two three four turns behind but if he's two, three, four turns behind from making anything, when he has this out, he's not actually going to be able to tap anything for mana because he's, in theory, two, three, four turns behind. So he's not going to have anything to put into this. So my, he's going to so be playing creatures in the early and mid-game. My, my counter, my, my, I'm not sure I agree on this either way, but I can see I can see where you're coming from, Squee. My counter argument would be two things. One, he doesn't have that many, he doesn't really have that many ramp cards in terms of like, he has like a cultivate and the Kadama's reach mm -hmm. and that's it. Right. So like arguably, I think something like a, something like a nature's lore, that's going to be the same, the same CMC that's going to be more consistent might be what he's looking for. If it's a mana problem, the bigger issue I have with it is like, there's no, there's no real mana dump that you can do. So you run your cryptolith right out and then you get a couple mana off it and then you're out of cards. And your only thing that you have is, Tristani's activated ability, which only costs three. And then if someone boards wipe, then it's just a dead card. You draw it late. I, I like, I, I don't know. I, I don't if think... If you use Tristani's activated ability of three and you got eight lands, then you can't play half the cards in the I, deck. I don't think... I don't think that... I don't... This card is really good in token decks that stream out tokens very quickly because then you do get to ramp faster. Whereas I don't think that this deck in the way now there's a build of this deck where it is the go wide version of it no right? I, don't, where, I don't care about going ride but to, to me this this card just this deck goes middle if you ask me it's it's big moves come turn right. four five six seven eight not turn one two three four so you're gonna need a lot of gas when you get those because you're gonna have a couple of these in your opening hand that are very expensive and you're gonna want to be able to put one or two of them out on the board at a time um Whatever. Agree to split, disagree. Split to, it's, it's Nevada. It's split decision. This card. <laughs> this card's a banger in here. Anyways, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed deck therapy. Uh, I sure did. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, hit us up on our Facebook page. Leave comments on whatever podcast platform. We genuinely want to know if this is something that A, was interesting. Obviously, Nathan, let us know what you thought of our tier one through three recommendations. Um, and then also... If this is something that our patron community wants, let us know in the Discord. Um, and if you want to be a part of Deck Therapy, just join for a buck. Uh, I think we'll do this maybe once a month. I think that's a, that'll be a good rate for this. Uh, but you know, let's let's get some feedback and see where it takes us. You know, I gotta say, at the end of this Deck Therapy, after the Cryptolith right debacle of 2020, I'm pretty worked up. I I don't I'm not calm. I'm not calm at all. What is there? It's not even your deck. <laughs> You're just upset that you just, about the stupidity. I'm surprised you didn't say just put Reese in here, for God's sakes. I thought about it. I did. I really did. Cut Wayfaring Temple, which does <laughs> suck. 
Kurt's, no, Kurt's, Kurt's bad. Hey, hey, this isn't. This is not what deck therapy is about. We're not talking about cuts. We only talk about ads. So that's the wrap up. Painting what's Bayless, the plane And that last segment, Squee dives into those creative juices with the Weatherland. Welcome back to the Weatherlight Report. Come and see you live from Weatherlight Chopper 4. I'm Squee McGee, and today... Oh, I'm sorry. Squee just blew up in his helicopter. It seemed like the anti-cryptolith right group is out to get him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. People are going to be driving their, their big trucks with cryptolith right flags in the back. Oh, wow. Wait, it's like it's not Antifa. It's, it's anti-crup. <laughs> wow. Well... We're going to talk about a really expensive commander today from Jumpstart. What an ace. Now that, for those who are listening, those who are podcast lovers, that is what we call an ace bit right there. Yeah, that was real good. Uh, Anyways, moving on. We're talking about Emil the Blessed coming in at a hot $58 from Jumpstart right now. Uh, Oh, God. I-E-L. Oh, damn it. I traded this for 36 what? Uh, you know, you're really you're really getting hosed on the Allosaurus Shepherd and Emil the Blessed. Oh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Anyways, it's a uh, four cost, two white, two colorless legendary creature unicorn. Uh, it's a mythic. Three, exile another target creature you control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. And then, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay one hybrid white or green. If you do, put a plus one plus one counter on it. If it's a unicorn, put two plus one plus one counters on it instead, and then it's a four four. This card is very interesting. I see why it's very expensive because you can slot this into some decks and it's just gross. But there's only like 140 of these for people running commanders. That one could be because Wizards didn't print any jumpstart and nobody can get it. <laughs> it could be two. This card's $58, which is what's prohibiting me from running to actually build this thing. It's uh-huh. extremely expensive. But the mechanics behind it are very, very interesting. Um, so let's dive into a couple of cards here and just see what we get. Uh, first, as we've talked about in green and white, just in this very last segment... It's hard to draw cards, so I wanted to figure out a way to do that with this card and play it off of a meal. So we're talking Wall of Omens. It is one colorless and a white creature wall with an uncommon. Uh, It has Defender, of course, and then when Wall of Omen enters the battlefield, draw a card. It's a 0-4. So basically, this is draw a card whenever the hell you want for three mana, and you have a 0-4 on the block. Has... Yeah, I think this is great. This is something that helps fix a lot of problems in green and white. And in this deck, you're going to need a lot of gas because you're, mm-hmm. you're going to want to get a lot of creatures onto the board that you can bounce out and in. You can't go with the token strategy on this because the tokens would just disappear. Um, so in this deck, I think this is a banger. And it's what? A couple cents? Dirt no, shockingly, it's still like almost $2. What? Yeah. Wow. This, oh, it's insanity. Uh, I will oh, say. Oh, yeah, $1. fifty. If you, if you want to get the budget version, Wall of Blossoms does the exact same thing in green. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and it's, well, it's then we can run balls. Yeah, I, I like that. The only thing I wit, because, you know, it even works to where you can basically pay three mana and take no damage if the creature doesn't have trample because you block, yeah, block and before damage exile, goes through and pay through, it, blink yeah. it. Um, I just wish that Emil's ability, and I get it, they don't want to do this anymore, but I wish it said it comes back to the battlefield at the end of the, at the beginning of the next end step, opposed to immediately, mm-hmm. because that would be kind of cool with Emil if you could 
protect your board for three mana a creature mm -hmm. from a board wipe. Right. Uh, yeah, right. But really, the only thing it can protect from is block damage, uh, attack damage, and targeted removal. It can yep. do those things. Yeah, my but only yeah, gripe three mana to draw a card is pretty good. Yeah, my only gripe with if it was at the end of the turn, then I wouldn't like this card in this deck as much because you'd have to wait till the end of turn to draw your card. So if you need to go fishing oh. for something or try and get an answer or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be, maybe you're short on lands or something That's fair. like that. Um, I do like that it's instantaneous and you can use it anytime, really. Um, okay, so moving on, we're going to talk about a unicorn now. It's a common from M20. We're talking prized unicorn. Three colorless and a green creature unicorn. All creatures able to block prized unicorn do so. It's a 2-2. Two -two. So now tell me if this actually works. I didn't look up the rules on this, but this is what I think. You attack with this. Everybody has to declare their blockers on this. All the rest of your creatures swing through. Then you use the ability, exile it, yep. plop it back on the battlefield. Yep. You figured yeah. it out. Okay. All right. Yeah, this is a banger in here. This is essentially a Miri Weatherlight Duelist without the kickback where they can't attack you. And so another card you could consider, I'm checking right now to see if it's a, but oh yeah, it's totally budget. Better card than that is Taunting Elf. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Single yeah. green, zero one yep. for 19 cents. All creatures able to block it do so. Um, so yeah, running both of those in the deck. deck. So I can get Virtus through. Yeah, that's great. Um, with the bounce ability, those cards get just infinitely better in this deck. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. The the price on price unicorn makes zero sense. The core set is, which is a common, is a buck sixty, and then all the other ones, which are uncommons, are twenty cents. Yeah. Uh, on EDH record, showing at nine cents <laughs> for the M twenty one. Okay, maybe it's a scryfall thing. And I guess the only thing that this has over, say, a taunting elf, is it is a unicorn, so it does get those two counters <laughs> when it comes in. So it's going to be a four oh, four. You get a little bit of the tribal going on. Um, but yeah, I like that a lot. And at a common at nine cents, not too hard to build. It's actually looking like you could build this deck pretty cheap, other than the flipping commander. Um, so looking at the next card. It's an elf artificer. I didn't know that was a thing, but armor craft judge. So three colorless and a green creature elf artificer. It's an uncommon. Uh, when armor craft judge enters the battlefield, draw a card for each creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it. It's a three three. Cool. So this plays off of all the counters that you're going to be putting onto your creatures if you can use that ability from Emil. And then again, like we talked about, drawing cards in this deck is going to be huge because you need to get a bunch of creatures and a bunch of gas. So this potentially, I could see this drawing you every time that you blink it three four five cards for three mana that's great <laughs> evidently they, seems good <laughs> evidently they really want you to buy this because <laughs> it's been printed three times this year in commander <laughs> legends the, the zendikar rising commander set and in jumpstart <laughs> they're pushing that plus one plus one counter game i guess who knows but yeah, this is this is great, and not to mention it's a three three, so it's gonna be a four four when it hits the battlefield, which is nothing to sniff at. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about it in the past. Four fours generally is kind of that threshold where people stop attacking you because most people don't have a lot of things that are bigger than that, or you can combo block and do a lot of damage. Um, okay. So, I got two left. I actually went for five cards this time. Uh, this one's a little more fun. It's another uncommon. Man, we're doing a lot of uncommons today. Uh, Meteor Golem for seven. It's an artifact creature golem. Uncommon. When Meteor Golem enters the battlefield, destroy, target, non-land, permanent, and opponent controls. I repeat, destroy, target, non-land, permanent, and opponent controls. Every time you blink it for three, it's a three-three. Woof. Love yeah, it. actually, that's a it's a terrible chaff card, except for when you can blink it for three mana over and over and over and oh, blow so up the good. world. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, 
I just I uh, love also it. also been t- also been printed twice this year as well. So there you go. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah. well, I guess I'm, uh, I'm catering to the Magic the Gathering. Uh, what is that? Their roadmap or their plan? Well, I, I do have an infinite combo here for you guys. Oh boy! Uh, here we go. A card called Workhorse. For six colorless oh, right. artifact creature horse. It comes into play with four plus one plus one counters on it. Remove a plus one plus one counter from workhorse. Add a colorless mana to your mana pool. So you literally remove three, blink it with a meal. It comes in with a extra one. So you have infinite colorless mana, infinite ETB triggers. Uh, that's disgusting. You did it. And, oh, and did it. even oh. better, it's on the list. So you're just going to be ripping it out of packs <laughs> left, right, and center. So don't even think about Once every decade. Don't even worry about buying one. I cannot believe that this card is four dollars. I think I think it's because there's a lot. There's multiple. Yeah, I would assume. Yeah, I would assume that's not the only way to combo that yeah. thing out. But and it is a workhorse, so you know it's it's there got its go. own value. Um, well, you know what? Let's see real quick. MTG Goldfish, one of the best places to check if cards spike, and this card uh, spiked right as when it came out. Came nice. Out? All right, fair yeah. enough. Cool. People are on top of it. All right, we got one card left. It's going to be kind of along the same lines as Meteor Golem. It is Kogla the Titan Ape. It's from uh, Ikoria. Three colorless, three green. That's a lot. Uh, It's a rare legendary creature ape. When Kogla the Titan Ape enters the battlefield, it fights up to one target creature you don't control. Phenomenal. It's a 7-6 to boot, so it's a big creature that will win those fights often. When Kogla attacks, destroy target artifact or enchantment defending player controls. Double woof. And then it has for one colorless and a green return target human you control to its owner's hand. Kaga gains indestructible to end the turn. That's pretty much a moot point in here. Um, this card's great. The fight of the fight ability is is huge. Uh, the destroy artifact and enchantment, as we talk about to nausea, or sorry, as we talk about ad nauseum, can't be underestimated. That's how you destroy most people's combo pieces. How you slow their decks down. How you get rid of stuff that's really going to hurt you. Uh, and you get to do both of those with this card. So I think this is great. If nothing else, again, it's a spot removal for three mana. Blink it in, blink it out every single time. Love it. Love this card. Yep. This is great. Well, that's all I had on this. This actually is going to, this, this seems like it could be really damn good. Um, I don't have $60 to the collective. (laughs) If you want to, to, Donate one of these, or if anybody has one to trade, that I'm very interested in I building love, this, but I will not pay sixty dollars. I love, I love, this is also one of the going to be one of those decks where it's like super budget, except the commander, which is two <laughs> times the amount of the deck price. Yeah, we're talking like a thirty-five. Yeah, like tiny, like here, tiny, like tiny budget decks. <laughs> yep. Oh, beautiful. Anyways, that's all I had on this. Seems like fun. Get that unicorn travel going. I'll kick it back to the Action Four News Desk with Mr. Combo and Big Tuck. Thank you for staying with us, and as always, remember the great giveaways from CMD Tower and Level 1 Game Shop by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, sharing, and placing orders through level1gameshop.com. Another way to support your new team is head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash CMD Tower. With word tiers for all the budgets, there is a way that you, the collective, can help pay for Squeeze Memorial Service because he was blown up by the Cryptolith Command. You can stay in touch with your MTG Action 4 News team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website, cmdtower.com. You can also check out our store at cmdtower.com slash merch. We have playmats, we have sleeves, we have squeeze coins, which, once again, all proceeds will go to his memorial service. Please go buy all the things to get them out of my basement. 
You can communicate directly with your news team at CMD Tower at Mr. Commodore 5, all spell out except for the five. Dear Squee's Twitter handle has been replaced at RIP Dear Squee. <laughs> and at Big Tuck Tweeting for your emergency action for news team. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening.